Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Um, Stuart, Stewie, can we call you Stewie? You can give it a crack. <laughs> You're fond of Mick Jagger then. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I just, uh, no, but I think he's, oh, I think he's, don't, pin, don't, don't box me in. I think he's extraordinary. No, I think he's extraordinary. I'm not a huge fan of him. I just have noticed that in, on a number of episodes, he gets a bit of a panning from you folks. And it's like, well, you know. Have you heard he, it? He, yes. What are you, oh, what are you I've, doing I've, here then? I've, I've, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> am, I, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's a nerdy rock question What's Barry Humphreys and Mick Jagger got in common? They both like to have um, jumper leads on the te- testicles Because I know I do I was going to ask And you look like you need them now, Stuart You've been up since three, look at you Progressive rock is a genre of music that spread in plague-like proportions All over England and Europe in the early 70s But which is now mostly under control Artists such as Pink Floyd, Rick Wakeman, ELP, Genesis, King Crimson, Jethro Tull, Yes, and the Alan Parsons Project decided to stop writing three-minute songs about sex to write 17-minute mini-moog solos that never led to sex. Breakups were frequent due to musical similarities. Phil's just showing off. Fans can still be found hanging around dark websites arguing over who played the best guitar solo ever. Some still believe that Roger Waters will return to lead them. Others can be found in the Blue Mountains, just west of Sydney, Australia. May I welcome our guest, Stuart Storman, creator of the newest addition to the prog rock firmament. The album is The World Without. Legend has it that Stuart Storman knows the meaning of the lyrics of every progressive rock song ever written. Hello, Stuart. I'm I'm surprised you've got time to talk to us. Uh, um, Hey, hi. This is going real well. Yeah. There are no guarantees, yeah. Stuart. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. Yeah, thank you. Stuart, can you just say a few words on your own behalf? Thank you. <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself. Well, uh, well, what would you like to know, Philip? Uh, a few words. I'm not good at the interview thing particularly. Do you play golf? No. I live opposite a golf club. Does that count? <laughs> It'd be handy if you did. <laughs> you do. I've got two sets of sticks I could lend you. I haven't used for a decade. <laughs> Mate. Okay, well, without, without pissing in your pocket too much, Stu. I love the album, The World Without. And Boy, that's very kind where did you get where did you get the experience, musical and engineering wise, that led to this album? Where does it all come from? Drums would be first, and then guitar as a kid, and then I decided to get, uh, try and go work in the recording studios in London, which is where I got the knack of recording stuff. Um, so that would have been in the 90, across the nineteen eighties, basically. That studio was Trident, you mentioned, which. Uh... Found that you were uh, that, one of the main guys that, there. That's, that's putting it a little intensely. I was the T-boy there for eight months, but, but by all means, talk it up. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with Trident is I walked through the door and said, um, I've, I've come to see if you've got any jobs for uh, T-boys or T-pops. And the receptionist said, can you dance? No, she well, no, she didn't say that. She she said, I'll ring up. Should have been the first question. She, she said, I'll ring upstairs and tell them that you're here for the interview. 
I thought, well, blind me, that's an interesting. Okay, we'll let that miss here go through. So I go upstairs for this interview, and we're halfway through the interview, and they say to me, are you actually supposed to be here? Are you feeling a little like that again tonight? <laughs> it's a common feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, am I really supposed to be here? What am I doing here? <laughs> Studio engineers, sick of the toil involved in getting that perfect mix? Slave no more with the revolutionary XY40. Simply run the XY40 across your mix and instantly have the warmth, depth, clarity and cleanness you've always been seeking. No fancy parameters, no egghead psychoacoustics. Just press the on switch and you're on your way to your first Grammy. XY40. Never be knocked again. It was bizarre how we met. Um, I picked up a young fellow what late one night and um, in my job and dropped him at his parents' place. And he, on the way there, he he's, I was playing some music in in the car and he said, is this your music? I said, uh, no, I'm just listening to some of this stuff. Uh, he said, oh, my dad's into music. I said, okay, well, and he says, can I use my phone? Can I play? I said, okay, plug it in. So he plugged in this music. It sounds pretty good. He says, yeah, my dad was sound guy for Paul McCartney. Have you heard of him? And I said, no, I, I, I feigned ignorance. I said, no, who's Paul McCartney? And, uh, and he played me this stuff. I said, man, I'd love to meet your dad because your music sounded great. I don't know what album he was playing me. It was something he had on his phone. And, uh, and I, so I got an email from your wife said that I picked up your son because I gave him my card and one thing led to another and ended up at your, studio because i knew you missed a little bit out there but that's okay my, my son gets home with it with the, with this business card he's really excited because he's found me a bass player because he knew i wanted a bass player and he said i've met this guy he's a bass player he likes your music i like his music here's his card wife's ignoring the conversation watching tv um I'm, i've looked at the card and i hand it back she says no let's just have a look at it and she looks at it and goes oh i know this guy and, uh, yeah, but turns out my wife dated Christopher Sulos 37 years ago. Oh, no. Which would have been after he went to school with the guy who's since been my drummer at UTS, or I don't know what the timing is there, but the guy who was the drummer on my uh, album, he says to me, Christopher Sulos, could he have been at... Um... So I, I, I'm basically the last person to meet Christopher at this stage. Is your uh, wife emotionally scarred in any way, Stuart? No, but but I'm I, I'm starting to scar with your ever changing name, which is probably a reference that's not going to make much sense to your viewer at home. But um, <laughs> can you just tell us a little bit about prog rock? I mean, would you would you describe your album as a prog rock album? Uh, yeah, I mean, but, well, yes, I would because you've got to call it something these days. I mean, we didn't have genres in the old days. Do you remember that? The genre thing sort of arrived with iTunes and you've got a box to fill that says what you are. Um, when you run a record shop, it is, I can tell you. Oh, that's right. You were a manager. I was. Yeah. And when you work in radio, you've got to have genres oh, as well. Triple M. Shit. Well, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I retract everything I've said in the last couple of minutes. <laughs> prog music goes back as far as the Bible, as far as I can make out. What was what was called what was prog called in its day though? It wasn't called prog rock. It's it's clever it's it's clever music, isn't it? it it's not all four, four it's not all four on the floor. One two three. It's got funny timings and chord changes and key changes. Well, I remember I remember hearing that what the Jethro Tull uh, thick as a brick. Just thinking it was them. I didn't think it was any particular genre. I thought it was prog. Uh, well, no. So I thought it was folk, blues, 
and classical, which is what they were, and a great recording sound. They managed to capture the sound at last with that album. And then everyone says, oh, it's the beginning of the prog rock. So it's just just it's all doing their thing. Yeah, so it's, an, it's, a, it's a name that's happened in retrospect, isn't it? In terms of the, um, the, the terminology of prog rock, the, the reason why I just said that is because I believe that uh, the album um, The World Without, which we love, is um, going to be on the cover CD of Prog Rock magazine. So we, I think that qualifies it for prog rock. Yeah, well, it, it, it was in January. It's, it's, it's been and gone. It's, it's, it's glory days have passed and, and I'm on to the next I'm on to the next project, basically. But, uh, yeah, I did make it onto prog, so that was a that was a, a doff of the cap, so to speak. Um, but, but, I mean, to, to your earlier question, mm-hmm. prog rock, is it like Chris is saying, it's a name that they've kind of put on it in retrospect. It didn't start out that way. It's just been called it since. Where can I hear your albums, Stuart? Where can you hear albums? No, yours. Oh, where can you hear my album? On the Spotify link that I sent yeah, to you. Yeah, on the, about on the four Spotify link that you sent you from oh. or iTunes or Bandcamp <laughs> or on the... On, or, Do you want to pick this up in 40 minutes again? Or on my what? website. What? All right, I'll press record. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try and get it right this time. I think it's a, an extraordinary sounding album. The, the sounds that you've got you. and the, the musical creativity. Um, I'm just shocked now that you've also got a day gig <laughs> and that you've actually got time to do this as well as... Uh... But, but, that's, but that's becoming the norm, though, isn't it? But everyone, everyone, most people have got day gigs now because you don't make... Not many people are making money out of putting records out. Unless, unless you tour. Yeah, unless you tour. And uh, I couldn't tour to save my life and yeah. no one's heard of me, so yeah. I've ruled that out. <laughs> <laughs> Touring is uh, hard work. All the wigs and the plastic clothes... <laughs> <laughs> but you, I mean, you said the prog, the, the prog rock magazine. You read through about all the prog, all the prog bands these days. They're all talking about their day jobs. People, it's it's become the norm. It's a, it's a totally different yeah. world. But we just kind of keep yeah. it secret and make out like we're rock stars or something. I don't know. I think that's. Does that improve you too if they get day jobs? Well, maybe they have got day jobs, and maybe that's why they uh, need. Maybe they have. Improvement. I don't like the voice after they stop turning the chairs around. <laughs> <laughs> It loses everything for me when the chairs stop turning around. In fact, I wish this chair could turn around. Have you heard the name of uh, Sophie Monk's new TV show? <laughs> Sex at First Drink? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait that long? <laughs> so you know when you know when gypsies play rock, it's called Jip Rock. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Boom! Sure. What? Whoa. See, that would have been a good point to do a joke. You should have. You <laughs> didn't have any. <laughs> you could edit one in. Stuart, are you still buying music or streaming music? I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am. What was the last thing you got that you loved and you played for five days? Come on, Ooh. come on. Uh, um, um, it could be an um, album. Could be a song. Uh, the last thing that I listened to that was new was an album called Truth Decay. Get it? Etc. Yeah, Etc. Et by a fellow by a fellow called Adam Holtzman, oh. who was the musical director for Miles Davis, oh. and these days he plays keyboards for um, Steve Wilson, who is who is the the current big name of prog. Alan Holtzman was producer for Miles. Okay, I thought musical director MD. and keyboard player. That yeah, must yeah. have been after Marcus Miller then. Mutual accusations, finger pointing, and a blame game between France and the UK. Turn the blame on Damascus. Blame the United States. Endless on Korea. 
blame. Whose fault is it? Black men or white people? Blaming Russia, blaming Syria. State Pakistan. The rebels blame government forces. They India. Foreign puppets are to blame. writing the songs because even though I'm involved with a couple yeah. of tracks when you're putting the songs yeah. together and you had me isolated you had me in a little sandbox here's something I want you to work on I didn't hear the context of what I was doing I didn't see the big picture I was never exposed to anything either side of the bit that I was well, involved you, only showed, you showed up at nine o'clock at night and that's three hours later when there was limited time oh so it's not a grand plan <laughs> <laughs> Once it was all, it was all done. Uh, there, uh, yeah, yeah. No, there is a bit of ground plan actually. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah, yeah, I do like yeah. a bit of that ground plan thing. I like that. David Bowie used to do it, didn't he? He'd, he'd get one musician to record against the drum track, and then he wouldn't play that to the next musician while he got them to play 
Well, we've got someone else to play something. Yeah, okay. So you've got all these. So you've got all people recording, but not necessarily hearing each other. And then you work out which bits. I think Zappa did create. that for his one of his albums as well. That's so? When yeah. he got all the guys to play separate yeah. parts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and people said, oh, the the communication between the musicians is amazing. And in his interview, <laughs> they never <Yeah>. met. <laughs> they never met. They never met in the studio. Neither of them heard each other's parts. <laughs> no, but it's got yeah. it's got it's got some of that randomness going on where people didn't know what other people were doing. So what what did you play on the album? Uh, guitar, uh, keyboards, um, and electricery. I mean, it's the sound engineering and and vocals. But I like I like the I like I like the electricery. I I, uh-huh. I I glue sounds together is what I th- think of myself as doing. You know, I like I like I like I like where music meets technology. That's where I get excited. Yeah, there's there's one there's one really great extended electronic. Um, pastiche you put together which is great I, I, sorry I don't remember which track it was and it's obviously influenced by electronica, obviously influenced by modern studio, there is no other way you could have done that with tape because there's too many things going forward backwards, yeah, yeah, upside down, yeah, whatever yeah. you know, it was, it's a gorgeous break but I actually went back to listen to an old guy called F.C. Judd a British uh, avant-garde electronic music creator that did all the music for a puppet show called Space Patrol and when I discovered that it was him that did all this puppetry, I got on the internet and he just passed away and they did a big tribute of him in London, of this guy, F.C. Judd, who was an electronics guy from the Second World War or the, or the Navy or, the, or something from post-war. And it was all that cutting, cutting tape up and he's got this uh, recording of himself talking about how he does it. You hit a bowl... And you take the tape and turn it backwards, and the bowl attack suddenly swells up to there. And then I release it into this one and put some, put a bit of reverb or delay on it. And it's just this amazing early days of electronica. Here's a sound produced by striking a china bowl. Now played in reverse. That's uh, and Stuart, you've captured that far better than he ever did. As long as I've captured it better than what Mike Bat did for the Wombles, that's just fine. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> oh, you touched the nerve there for uh, with Rob. Sorry, really? Bob. Oh, really? What was the nerve? There's a nerve. There's a Mike Bat nerve. One of, one of his tribute acts. No, 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 no. I met I met Mike Bat. He was in the. It was, it was yeah. a photo shoot. It was Mike Bat, Julian Lennon, Roger Daltrey, and Captain Sensible standing in a row. And I thought, well, uh, I'm hallucinating, or that's or that's happening. I'm at a party. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> didn't realise you'd walked in or stayed too long. <laughs> so what was what was Trident known for? Elton John, Beatles, what was their famous? Yeah, to, yeah. Queen? Uh, well, Queen and also Queen also Rick at Wakeman. Wessex where I worked. At, um, but it was tri- it was Trident, Genesis, Elton John, Bowie, uh, and and. Beatles, Hey Jude. That's right. But Rick Wakeman was the, the house piano player. I think you're right, yeah. Trident. I think you're right. I mean, not, yeah. not when I was there, he wasn't. But um... I'm just amazed that those in those days, I can't even conceive it, of having a guy sitting in a room waiting for someone to call, say, okay, we need the piano. Say, okay, I'll be there in a sec. You know? <laughs> it's just... I'll put my long coat on. <laughs> I'll put my sequin cape on. <laughs> Let me finish this curry. Yeah, I'll bring the curry with me. <laughs> Piss those vegans off. 
In my research, you um, mentioned that you were very influenced by um, being involved in the, the recording of the Spirit of Eden album by Talk Talk. Yeah. Now, in my, in my mind, Talk Talk were just a pop band. But uh, then I read up on this album and the recording of the album and what must have been a great um, wrangle going on between the record company and the band, <laughs> expecting another pop album exactly. and getting this... Uh, this Exactly. Well, they, they, they uh, somehow managed to... Because the album before that, uh, Colour of Spring, was so successful, they somehow managed to get a million bucks, Whoa. a million pounds, it must have been, yeah. and, uh, and to keep the record company out of the studio for a full year whilst they recorded the album. <laughs> and when they, and and then they let their hair down and they went and recorded what they wanted to do, which was kind of very progressive and very experimental. And the record company heard it and wondered what they'd just spent a million pounds on because they couldn't hear the single. It's become a, a cult classic. Yeah, it has. It, I don't know that it's sold massively, but it's it's huge. It's a fantastic creative piece of work. Um, but uh, it just didn't segue out of the pop hits. He had a great voice. Yeah, 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 it's unusual, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Mark Hollis, yeah, high and uh, mm. not not too troubled by pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, ouch! If you're listening, I was just uh, got... this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Just kind of got that slurry thing, you know. Where I mean, I, I you know, I mean, I was there, and I don't know what he's saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he's written the words out on the album cover, and I still don't know what he's saying. So <laughs> most of the time. short for the uh, upcoming Queen movie and it's made me want to go and see a picture at a theatre loud and big um, I'm not a Queen fan but I it, it just looks like it'll be an exciting movie
No? How could how could you not be a Queen fan? Oh, I don't know. Just never was. Oh. I was at the gym the other day and, and the video came up of Queen, as it does, with the videos going through. I thought, bloody hell, it's at Wessex Studios. I didn't realise that they'd record... Uh, a stu- this is a studio I went on to work at. I didn't realise that they'd worked mm. there. And I've since found out that the, the drum riser that we'd always put the drum kits on, so, you know, the drummer's higher than the rest of the band, the drum riser is the, um, if I haven't got a... Really? No, no, oh, I'm okay. that. I mean, I used that drum riser for, you know, six, seven years. No one bothers to tell me that's the most famous, you know, what, what, what are you going to call that, downbeat in the world? Wow. What's, what's the song? Uh, we, yeah, We Will Rock You. We Will yeah. Rock You. Wow. What session no were you on? Uh, Pete Townsend, David Gilmore, Tim Turner. I saw you you work with Dave Gilmore. Yeah, well, I was in the room. Yeah, for sure. He's he's spooky. He's spooky when he opens his voice, when he opens his mouth and starts singing. He sounds dead set like Pink Floyd. Yeah, stranger thing. Don't, amazing. It's, it's the it's the weird it's the weirdest thing. How long does it take him to put a guitar part down? I think it takes him a long time. He works them out in great detail. Great detail. Yeah, yeah. He was he was yeah, um, yeah. There were, great. And, he, and when he's listening to the solo being played back in the st- over the studio monitors, he's still doing the, the the lip movements that he does when you see him playing it live. <laughs> and, and he's saying, and, and this bit coming up here, this bit I nicked from um, Synchronicity by the Police. There was a, there's a little, you know, there's he's, he's showing. So he tells you the little, little bits he nicked. Yeah, it's, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's not, exactly, he's an artist. He's an artist, Rob. You mentioned working with um, uh, Pete Townsend. Was that the Face to Face album? No, my my boss did that, um, Bill Price. Can I just say that drum sound on that opening track yeah, on Face to Face? What a great drum sound! Like you know, twenty yeah. feet high drum sound. Your boss was great, Stuart. <laughs> well, he was. He was. He, he was. You should get him on, but um, he's he's passed. But no, he he was serious. The, the the last year that I worked with him, he that year he worked with Paul McCartney, Elton John, and Pete Townsend. He was one of the serious dudes. What, what was his name? Bill Price. One, oh, if, okay. if once you wiki him, he's one of he's one of the engineers. Yeah. I mean, he recorded both versions of "Live and Let Die," and both versions sound fantastic. But you're right, the the, the Townsend that Townsend album sounds fantastic. Oh. Mm. And what's bizarre about it is that the top end, the high, the high frequencies, are so perfect. And yet, when I was working with him and Pete Townsend, I discovered that he couldn't actually hear them mm. um, because they'd, 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 um, we'd recorded this uh, concert at the Brixton Academy, and there's me, Bill, and Pete, and I've been listening to it to this track for a few, for a while, and there's this 17k whistle going through it. And that's a pretty high frequency. But I realised that they couldn't hear it. I said, "Guys, you know, there's a whistle all the way through this track, don't you?" I mean, I think I think it's through the whole concert. Guys, there's, a, there's a whistle. Pete Townsend, he'd been an absolute gentleman, always was, but he cracked the shits. He was embarrassed because he couldn't hear it, and we know why he couldn't hear it because you can find the YouTube video where Keith Moon blows his kit up, <laughs> literally explodes his kit in his ear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but Bill couldn't hear it either. He had a nice voice too. Yeah, I don't know why he used that Dolphy chap. I, he, had, he had a reasonable voice as, as well, but, but yeah, and, and, and was a bit more regular on hitting the notes. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh that part. <laughs> That's never worried me too much. <laughs> oh, come on. 
Just back to David Gilmore. Do you know his son-in-law, Guy Pratt? I did meet him. I didn't know that was his son-in-law. Bass player. Played with Roxy Music and... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, ma- he married yeah. David's daughter. Yeah. And Madonna. Yeah, he played on Like a Virgin, yeah. He played on Madonna's Like a Prayer. I went to a speaking tour. He did about five years ago in Wollongong, well, all over Australia. I saw it in Wollongong and had a beer with him afterwards. Gosh, he's done some great gigs. Oh, totally. No, he, he and a keyboard player came in once and they'd just come, they'd come over from doing one of the Floyd albums and they were saying how amazing it was that they'd just been given a whole day to work out the synth sound. Because norm, you know, normally it's tweak, 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 record. Get the guy with the cape up from the basement and get a piano down. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pie's not hot. <laughs> About 10 minutes ago in this conversation, you started to go and um, start talking about some of the people that you worked with, and we got uh, from Pete Townsend, Dave Gilmore, and then everyone else started talking. Oh, come on. So um, oh. could you perhaps uh, continue that list? Oh, oh, oh. Did you feel that slap on the wrist, Chris? <sighs> She's at it again. I'm sorry, did I interrupt? No, 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 no. We are just drunk with power. It's raining in the boss. <laughs> I had a good run of working with bands without their main guy. I worked with uh, Injury and the Blockheads, but unfortunately oh, Injury, Injury did wasn't you? there. Yeah, I love it. Was Chaz Jankel there? Chaz Jankel, well, all, all, yeah, Chaz and, oh. and all the guys. But in, the Blockheads. It, it was a concert that was recorded at Hammersmith that we did to video. So I got, I got to watch them record it, and then they all came back except for your man. But Chad, which actually gave me a chance to realize just how worthwhile Chaz Jankel was. He's presumably, I don't know. Oh, he's he? fantastic. Yeah, very funky guy. Oh. And then I got to work, and then I worked with Dire Straits, but. Mark Nottle wasn't there. Oh, really? How does that work? Well, they put that Tina Turner was doing the vocal. Tina Turner did the vocal. Okay. It was on a song of his. She'd been booked into the studio and uh, they, they, they fired the producer who was going to use me as the engineer. So, but my studio boss rang them up and said, what well, you've paid for the day, so you're going to have to come in. So Tina Turner and her manager come in with this uh, 24 track of a song that uh, Mark Knopfler has decided not to use, um, Private Dancer. Oh, are you kidding? And so, uh, yeah, so we spent a day trying her voice out on it and we're all thinking, well, this is pretty good, this is great. And about a week later, she comes back in with the full band, less Mark Knopfler. But, I'll, you know. She's on a Zapper album. Is she really? Yeah, she's on Overnight Sensation with the Ikeettes. She's she's following an interesting art because if you track her down now, she's on YouTube doing uh, Tibetan Buddhist meditation what? Uh, what shenanigans. The real deal with the resonant voices. Well, she does that. The rest of it. Oh, she's yeah, yeah. yeah so she's, uh, she's worked with everyone. Done a few things, but she she was an amazing woman. Yeah, extraordinary energy. What was she like in real life with um? Uh, no, she no. Her hair was real. Shirley Bassey that came in without the wig, but she was amazing. They'd spend the day recording um, really? Private Dancer, yeah. and then and, and all the guys were exhausted, and everyone's ordering taxis and going home. And she's saying, "No, no, no, guys, I've got this other song that I want us that I'd like us to record because I've been waiting to record this with a band. It's called Steel something or Steel Claw. It's on the it's on the album. They've never heard it. They want to go home, and she starts just jumping around the room, singing it to them, teaching them the song." 
And ten minutes later, they're out in the studio rocking it out like crazy. I mean, she's so, she energised wow. them so much. The piano wow. player who wanted to wow. go home. You know, the thing where you slide your hand down the piano for the... I don't yeah. know what you call that. It's we'll probably the name. It, well, a bleeder. I mean, he cut his hand. I mean, they, they, they so got into it, and yet 10, wow. 15 minutes earlier, they were all falling asleep. She really fired them up. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and, and two hours earlier, she'd been upstairs tidying up the dishes after everyone had had a meal. You know, it's a really? piece of work. Yeah, lovely woman. Is she big or little? Height, yeah. Rob's I didn't prepare for this. Rob's got an Excel spreadsheet of everyone's, every famous person's height. Yeah, and shoe size, you'd lose me too. No, I didn't. I'm, no, I'm not no, ready no. for this. You're just being silly now, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> and and how tall? How tall are you, Stuart? Just so we can enter that in the spreadsheet. I think I think I'm five nine. Five nine. Oh, five, or five eight and a half. Yeah, five eight and a half. That's sort of about uh, Jagger height, isn't it? <laughs> who, who oh. Don't, oh, is that how we do this? <laughs> uh, he wears heels, oh. though. Yeah. <laughs> You, go, you guys really get it. You guys give that Jagger a hard time, don't you? He, he's, a, he's an amazing backing vocalist. You should hear him on Your So Vain. Mick Jagger invented Mick Jagger. I think that's the bit that you're missing. That, that was an extraordinary achievement. Got me there. The, 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 the reception rings through and says, uh, can someone look around the studio while you're working? So I says, yeah, sure, not a problem. And some guy walks in and he, uh, my recall is that he's tall, which is why I'm bringing it to... Who was he? It, well, he's, well, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know from Barasad. It's this tall guy walks in with t- short, really short, tufty hair. I don't know who you are, but you're clearly important because people were kind of preening around him. And then they say, can he look around the control room? Yeah, sure, not a problem. And he stands there. And I, remember, I just remember him being tall and next to me. I'm thinking, uh, who the hell are you? But you're going to say something weird in a second. It, just, it was one of those long pauses. You've got, to, you've got to have something weird to say for your first line, whoever you are. And his first line was, do you have those, those speakers, the main speakers in the studio, you know, I mean, they're, they're, you stretch your arms out, they're that wide, and they're built into the wall. He said, do you ever take those speakers out and put other speakers in? He named the speakers that he'd rather have in. I mean, yeah, that was good. That was, that was an unexpected line. To Europe. I'd, I'd like to tell him he's an idiot, but his voice is familiar. Who the hell is he? And basically, Robert Plant had had a major haircut, so he'd got he'd gone from you know right down here to up here. Now, is he is he tall? Oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't have Robert Plant. Oh, you don't have Robert Plant. What kind of a list you, is this? Oh. You make this, oh, that list is already out I of think date. You're making fun of my spreadsheet. Robert Plant's uh, six foot one. Six foot one, so I was right, he's tall. Yeah. He's 69. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Is Their Shirt Slimming? Oh. Unfortunately, we can't play any of the music that we're talking about, except tonight I believe we've got uh, the rights to use some of Stuart's um, album, which is called... Oh, that would be The World Without by SJS. Correct. The World Without. By SJS. And we have been talking to the copyright bodies responsible because um, we would like them to ensure a, a license to podcasters, which up to this point they haven't. That's why the music you hear is composed mainly by Christopher Sulos and a bit by myself. We'd like to thank the people who contributed to this podcast, including but not limited to Chris Parsons, Max Thrower, Hugh Wade, Bill Drake, Simon Whale, Jan Paul, Stuart Storman, Neil Rankin and Noel Somerville. 
You can find us at slimmingly.strikingly.com, on Facebook at Slimmingly, and on Twitter at Shirt Slimming. This has been Is This Shirt Slimming? I guess it must be a podcast. Commencing bonus extra material procedure. Because we love you. I have to tell you, Stuart, that um, Chris has got one of the most distinctive bass styles ever, as far as... I mean, I could recognise. I was I was at this um, um, community fair in Dulwich Hill one year, and I heard this police band off in the distance, and I go, I, is that Chris playing bass? No, it couldn't be. It couldn't possibly be. But sure enough, Boogie Wonderland by the New South Wales Police Force <laughs> Band <laughs> being played. And let me tell you, not only was Chris playing, but... The New South Wales Police <laughs> Band are the only band that can make We're chasing it. They're, they're the only band who can make Boogie Wonderland swing. That's what they do. What they <laughs> Everything do. swing. Who are you, you going to call? Everything, everything had a little <laughs> bit of swing. Poor guys. Okay. Well, without out 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 S J S S S. So how long did it take you when you're organising your sounds? Do you, do you when, on your album? Oh, I've got uh, a note the here. Called again? The world without SJS. by S by SJS. Yeah. The world without by yes. SJS. Yeah. Yeah. SJS. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So when you're working out the sounds, do you, do you start off with the basic idea? Do you have a picture of of a track that you want to do, and then do you sort of start to construct the track by chance? You say, "Oh, this will go with that. I think that'll work." Let me just push this a bit further. Oh, no, it's not working now. Let me just back back up a bit. I'll leave this one. I'll go and work on another one, and then I'll, that'll work, and I'll, then yeah, I'll, actually, I can see oh, what I've done with this yeah, one yeah, now. Yeah, you know that quite well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it changes as it goes, yeah. I, I mean, I, the other day I put a bit of guitar bit, uh, guitar bit down to send it up to the drummer, Pitt, um, Graham James. Yes. He puts some drums on it. He sends it back down. I buy that new plug-in from Infected Mushroom. I put that yeah. over the. I put that over the. Yeah. Now suddenly it's an EDM track, and then, right. and, and so it's suddenly it just becomes something completely different. Yeah, gotcha. Because something because something else just happened. So I had, so Graham, when he hears it next, he won't recognise it. He won't know it was him. He'll yeah. say it's someone. No, else. he'll know he's yeah. playing the drums, but he won't know that. Did I play against that? I've never heard this song. Graham James, that's the J in SJS. Uh, well, the G, yes, yes. I mean, SJS are my initials, but it turned out yes. it was also the, the three the guys that basically yeah. did the album, yeah. And uh, it was, sorry, Skeen, what's his, not Doug. Doug, uh, Doug Skeen. Yeah, Doug Skeen. Yeah. I, I, I'd never heard of this guy and, until I heard your album. It's like, how did he slip past? Uh, well, yeah, no, track him down. I mean, he's in a couple of bands. He's got his own band, Hermina, and he also plays yeah. guitar in a prog band by the name of Anubis. So I suppose when you asked me about prog bands, I should have mentioned them. Yeah. Um, but, but he's just, just slipped past the radar. I've just never heard of him. He's a great player. Yeah. Totally agree. What? An- Anubis. A-N-U-B-I-S. Yeah. So how did you find them? I mean, it's not like your son went out. Headhunting like he did with me in a cave. <laughs> Does uh, procured? I'll t- look. I'll tell. I'll tell the story, but I don't know if Doug wants yeah. me to tell the story. But I. But, okay. but I was. I was well, teaching. At a, I was teaching at a college um, okay. in my my day job, and he was one of the students. And somehow we randomly got into a conversation about Mike Oldfield, and then he mm. and then he, uh, who we were both big fans of. Mm. 
And then David Gilmore, he mentions David Gilmore, and I say, oh, well, I actually got to work with him once, which didn't fit at all with the fact that I'm supposed to be his teacher of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and the rest was history. It was, I mean, it was like with you. It was like, oh, let's exchange albums. Let's listen. Yeah. And we've gone from there. And um, lucky old me, I've chanced on a, on a talent. He's, he's, a, he's a very smart guy. Amazing. He's got the four octaves and everything. Do we need any more? Yeah. <laughs> What he sings for? Yeah, is he singing? He's not singing on the album, though, is he? Yeah, he's on. He's got some of the backing vocals for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yep. Yeah. And Graham, how did you meet Graham, the Aussie kid from, uh, he, from the school at which I was teaching, years. where Doug was yeah. my student, Graham was my boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and every, and every now and then I'd be walking past the room and and we'd you know I'd go in and we'd close the door and have a big old conversation about yes and then open the door yeah. and carry on yeah. business as usual. Yeah. Um, and we poor just, old Graham went on, went, to, went on to be drum tech. What a loser! What was that guy he was drum tech for? Uh, oh, that the, the guy out of uh, that White? band. Was it White? Alan White. Yeah. Alan White. But, yeah. Uh, can barely I mean, barely put a beat together. <coughs> well, he's he's, he's slowing down now, but fair enough. But yeah. Clumsy. He's he's on he's instant listening. karma. He's on instant <laughs> karma. Alan White's the drummer on instant that, karma. Exactly right. Yeah. What a yeah. great story, eh? Isn't it? Can yeah. you come and play with John? When now tomorrow it was get on the plane the next day, wasn't it? The story to yeah. do, to do the concert yeah. in Canada. Yeah, was that the, that wasn't the one with the Plastic Ono band? That was some other because that was also one of those throw together bands that they learned the songs on the plane. Yeah, I think that was Alan White. <laughs> I think so. What was yeah. the story? Hang on, what was it? I, I didn't hear the end of that story. Well, so. I think Chris has probably got it better than me, seeing as we're. At, but uh, oh, it's been a while since. I've yeah, heard. I, I think I think he was he somehow ended up with a gig in Canada that he had to put together very quickly. So he puts a band together very quickly, and uh, Alan White, who would become the drummer of Yes for what thirty, forty years, yeah. was the guy that uh, got the call. Can you play with John Lennon? Sure. When? Well, t- in two days' time in Canada, <laughs> and th- there may be screaming. There may be some Japanese woman screaming. Can oh, you hack? Gosh. Can you hack it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's amazing. It's the B-52's influence is is ruining album after album for John Lennon, and 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 poor old Graham ended up being drum tech for Alan White. What a what a loser! Both of them. Oh, it's just pathetic. Graham's fantastic. I see. I knew Graham at college, but I didn't know he was such a great drummer. And obviously, yeah, well, we never played music together, so how would we know? But, yeah. Well, uh, now you have. You're on the same tracks yeah. together. And there the it is again. Yeah, you're on the same. Tra- well, you're on the same tracks. Yeah, you're playing yes. with each other. Yes. Can we say that? At Can last. we say that on air? At last. Yeah. What's the name of that album? Oh, oh. world without. It's uh, the world without. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I had he's to look good. it up. He's catching totally by, by SJS, I believe that was. Yeah. SJS. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thanks for that note. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. on your Storm. screen or just mine? No, no, no it's, it looks great it's, on our screen. It says the world without by SJS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm loving your work. Yeah. Got Alan, Alan Holdsworth on there or something? Or Alan White or something? Holdsman. Holdsman. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.